What's up, Ecosystem? Welcome back to ATI Auto Business. It's Friday. It's noon. That means it's time for Cars on the Move. Ty is live in the parking lot. And we have a couple special guests we're really excited to have with us. We have Joe Overby and Nick Zulovich of Cherokee Media Group. And we're just going to jump right in because we're really lucky to have them for 30 minutes with us live. Please do say hello in the live chat or comment below. Leave a like. Gentlemen, can you see me and hear me okay? Yes, sir. Thanks for having us on. Wow. Afternoon, everybody. Hey, we are really happy to have you here. Um, this is, in our minds, a continuation of the time we got to spend together at NIADA. Um, in fact, yeah, let's go to the photo album. I just have a couple of images here to share. Now, let's see. Let me make sure I share in the Zoom meeting here. Okay. Uh, you are Joe Overby, you are Nick Zulovich, you are on ATI on Cars in the Move on a Friday. We, we did the NIADA coverage before the show, during the show, after the show, because NIADA brings a lot, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and that's just, that's, when you see that, you know you're looking at ATI live convention footage. Now, this is the photo. <laughs> this is the moment. And you see, I... Uh, over almost 2,000 impressions. I don't know where it's at now. People really liked this, and we did too. What's going on in this photo? Well, it was it was sort of it was um, you know it's sort of serendipitous. We uh, unfortunately our our rooms weren't ready. Nick and I when we got there, we checked in, and 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 y'all's y'all's weren't as as well, and so they. They said, well, you can, you can hang out for a while. We'll hold on to your luggage. And the four of us just happened to, to bump into each other at the, the same time in the lobby and then decided to go have, have some brunch and, and kind of made a, a nice morning of it and got to sit and chit-chat for a while. And, you know, we were right in the hallway where a lot of people were, were walking past at one of the restaurants. And, um, you know, it was just, just good to, to catch up with you guys and, and see people as they were walking past and just to really – Nice start to the conference. Serendipitous always, is such a good word, Nick. Yeah. And as always, the guy on the far right was always ready to eat. So. <laughs> I'm telling you. That, hey, so what was the name of the cafe? Anybody remember? Was it like oh. Tipping Point or something? Like the ter I think it's called the Terrace, Terrace. Point Cafe. Terrace yeah. Point. That's it. Terrace Point Cafe at the Wynn Las Vegas. A wonderful place to eat, hang out. And this is what's crazy. You bought us breakfast, and then you bought us lunch. Wow. I think the next day. <laughs> that was awesome. But That was uh, where I got hooked on lattes, right there, the big exactly. yellow. Exactly. <laughs> Ty's first latte. I'm addicted now. Smack. <laughs> we hung out later on. Um, through, I mean, I saw you guys, it seems like for a day and a half, we saw yeah. you guys a lot. Every time we turned around, there's Joe Overby. Nick <laughs> hey, you know, that brings up a good point. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> You guys, I mean, is it nor? Hey, do you guys always hit conferences? Or is this something kind of a new deal, or what? Seems like we bump into you guys quite a bit. Yeah, I would say. I mean, it certainly. I, I think it's ramped back up in the last maybe year or so. You know, during during COVID, obviously, when there was a cutback in conferences, you know, we didn't travel as much, obviously. But um, you know, I would I always tell people, I probably average eight eight to 10 trips a year to go oh, to conferences. Wow, okay. 
Um, so it's enough where it kind of keeps it interesting and fun, but it's not overwhelming. I'm not jumping on a on a plane every other week, you know. But yeah. but Nick, what are you? Are you you're about the same, I, right? Yeah, I, I, it's usually like one or averages out to be like one one or two trips a quarter. So it's not yeah. not too arduous by by any means. I definitely do not envy the the road warriors who are who are gone Monday through late Thursday, early Friday, three three weeks out of the month or every single week mm-hmm. of the month. I don't envy those folks and in, in, in the slightest. So it's definitely it was kind of a, a unique situation. Joe and I oftentimes we do not go to the same events. Uh, Joe is more like he would, he'll be in Chicago later uh, this year at, at NAAA's annual shindig where I will not participate in that. But then two weeks before NIADA, I was at the NAF Association's auto fin- non-prime auto financing conference and Joe was not. So NIADA definitely presented itself that other than our own shindigs, we were we were at the same event for an extended period of time. Yeah, mm. yeah, they're, they're sort of divide and conquer. I mean, um, you know, we aside from used car week, where you know, where it's kind of all hands on deck, we sort of in our respective beats, we sort of uh, split those up. But um, you know, one thing I can say that you know the value for us going to conferences like this is. Um, you know, beyond the great networking and, and meeting meeting new people and, and catching up with old friends is is the chance to get a lot of kind of legwork done for projects that we have going on. And, and that was certainly the case for, for this one. I mean, we had Nick and I this week have just completed a 4,400 word uh, white paper and we got a lot wow. of legwork for that done at NIDA by listening into the sessions, doing interviews. Um, I think between the two of us, we recorded about a dozen podcasts and, um, you know, it's it's material that, we, and I, I, I did a, a profile feature story interview. And so um, the chance to be in person and not only see these sessions where they're presenting, you know, industry data to, um, to attendees, but the chance to have side conversations, do podcast interviews. Um, you get you really able to get a lot of the uh, the background, you know, work legwork done for for producing editorial content at these live events. Rather than having to make, you know, fourteen phone calls, you can run up to somebody in the expo hall or schedule a fifteen minute interview, you know, on site. Great point. That is a really yeah. good point. And we do the same. We divide and conquer, so we're rarely at the same show together. Yeah, pretty rare. So, but you guys, so Jay, it was I don't know. It was maybe a week or two ago. There was we were doing a live show, and it's like, man, there's really not a lot of news. Before today's show, I'm scrolling through LinkedIn and every other post. I've got automotive news, Joe Overby, Nick Zulovich, and there's like, I've got so many questions about the current news cycle that I could go crazy, but I'll. I'll defer for now. How's that? So we'll bring up, let's do this. We'll bring up the website, uh, autoremarketing.com, right? We're, we're already 10 minutes in the show. We don't have time to waste. So uh, autoremarketing.com. I'm going to share the link in the live chat. I'm going to kick this off and give the intro. Which, well, you know, hey, before right? you give the intro, yes? we should really, 
Let's talk real quick about why uh, this channel follows that this particular organization. Not only do we like Nick and Joe, we also really like Bill and we like Dana and Kim Jessica and keep going. A lot of a lot of really amazing people at Cherokee Media. One of the reasons we keep up with this, guys, is because this tells us, especially for me in the used car market, what am I looking at in the next month, the next three months, six months for me and my transportation business or me and my used car business, right? Or me and my auction. I mean, the auction news in cycle right now is ridiculous. So how do you get to automotive news to sign up to be a subscriber is that the right word joe so and just to share and i'm going to now jump okay. in with my intro because that is context for why i found autoremarketing.com years ago right autoremarketing.com i've been going to this website for years mm -hmm. and it has an easy to digest layout lots of current information lots of updates and then it's in the email from again i also think it's auto remarketing podcast where you can get links to the podcast. Mm -hmm. So through subscribing to autoremarketing.com, and I'm also, I'm a CMG premium user, which is only $25 a month. I get access to all the articles, the podcasts. That's a lot of information. Um, and so having said that, I mean, behind the scenes, this must be a lot of work. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a lot of moving pieces. Um, you know, we... Again, like our other, uh, like going to going to conferences, Nick and I kind of divide and conquer, and and then we, uh, um, you know, we have a, a great digital team who has set up a, a template um, that makes it kind of e pretty hands on and easy to update the site pretty regularly. But um, yeah, Nick, your your thoughts. Uh, to quickly chime in, I think what <laughs> what helps tremendously is. Joe and I have worked together now for almost 16 years. So that uh, is, is yeah. experience and, and, and collaboration that really you can't put a price on. Uh, and you just have to go uh, just like fine wine. You <laughs> it ages nicely. So uh, yeah. that, that's, a, that's an advantage that, that we have. And, and we're really blessed to say now that we've uh, just this – uh, it, here in recent weeks, added a, a new teammate who, who many who y'all are likely familiar with and, and and viewers likely know as well. Andy Friedlander, who was with NIADA, coincidentally enough, for for nearly a decade as well. So so our our, our team just got significantly stronger here and here in recent weeks. Yeah, and, and to, Nick, to Nick's point, he actually. Um, it worked out that, that Andy was able to uh, join us at NIADA and, um, you know, it was a good, we, of course, Nick and I had both, both knew him beforehand and, you know, had, had worked with him in, in a kind of a, in a public relations capacity uh, previously, but um, it was cool to get to, to hang out with the three of us as, as colleagues for the first time. And, and as, you know, um, even, you know, we, we all got to do uh, kind of, spread the task out of covering a convention between the three of us. And it was, um, you know, just nice to be able to, to get to know him a little bit better as well. Uh, yeah. And he's a good guy. Yeah. For sure. Super cool. So to be right. Cause you just made a thing. There is, there's a, there's media groups around 
and when you get connect with others, bringing Andy in, that's that's a real win. He's he's got a lot yeah. of experience that doesn't have to start from the ground up. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. How how big is the Cherokee Media Group team? So, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the company itself, the um, our overall parent company, SNA Cherokee, has uh, roughly 50 um, employees, and then um, part of the company is a public relations firm called SNA Communications. Right, and saw then yeah. And then the other part of the company is Cherokee Media Group. And then within Cherokee Media Group, we have um, a handful of local lifestyle magazines here in the Raleigh area, mm. excuse me, of North Carolina. And then we have um, our automotive you know, events and publications. And um, I would say, and then, you know, we have designers and digital team and, and that sort of thing. But I would say of people who exclusively work on our automotive events and publications, whether that's, you know, ad sales, um, design, you know, conference planning team. I'd say there are about 15. Nick, would you say that's right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to take a look at, let's go to, (laughs) let's go to autoremarketing.com. McConkey yeah. Auction Group launches hybrid auction in Alaska. Okay, Whoa. that interests me. But since I I've got you guys here, can you summarize what this is about? Yeah. Um, so you know we they they provided a news release and we did kind of a, a quick recap of it. And it's, it's something that you know we may want to look at again. You know for used car week session or kind of an extended feature story, but essentially what they did is they they launched a, a greenfield, completely new auction site, which anecdotally you don't see as much anymore. Um, you know, it seems much of the auction expansion has been through acquisition of, of existing facilities, but this is the, the launch of a brand new auction. And the way the auction is set up is to be hybrid. And so, you know, Dealers can go there to do all of the tasks they would normally do at an auction, like you know, inspect a vehicle, preview it, take it for a test drive. I think it even has a test track. They said, um, and then if they if they want to participate in a sale of that vehicle, if they want to bid on it. They can either do so in a um, what they call the dealer lounge, where they can go and, and bid for it online right there in the auction, or if you know, they wanted to come one day and then go home and, and bid on it, um, you know, from the comfort of their home or office, they can do that as well. So it has, it seems like it has all of the, you know, amenities of a physical auto auction without the physical sale, you know, cars running through the lane. And and we've seen, you know, um, and and I know that McConkey Group is, has been doing that and they've, uh, they've been partnering with this format with eBlock, who has provided some of that, um, you know, uh, kind of platform, the different right. platform power the functionality. But, yeah. Um, but it was, it's interesting because I think a lot of, um, you know, perhaps this type of format was, was tested out a good bit during COVID where, you know, people couldn't 
they didn't want to run cars through the auction. They didn't want to have all those people there on sale day. So they, you know, people were able to come to the auction and, you know, check out the vehicles, do inspections, kind of kick the tires, and then, you know, bid on it remotely. And, and you saw Odessa and Mannheim, you know, try out different formats of, of this hybrid approach. And then you see, um, you know, E-Block, they've acquired physical auto auctions, yet they're a digital auction company, and they're sort of going with the hybrid format. So it it seems the, you know, uh, the auction industry is really moving towards what a lot of dealers and and retailers and, and other space, spaces have done, where it's providing the types of things that people want to do in person, but then also giving them the flexibility to buy completely online if they so choose. So and that's interesting because yeah, see this lot behind me right here? It says mm -hmm. Roper Range Line. So there's the Kia store just down the road. <clears throat> And this is their used car lot. This is a main drag here in Joplin, Missouri. So I stopped in. I, I knew the guy, Brandon. Hey, Brandon, we'll care if I do the show here? No, go ahead. What are you doing, Brandon? I'm buying online today. Oh, wow. Okay. Tell me more. Right? Where are you buying at? They're over here, over there. Uh, I really was going to go to, this is what Brandon said. He said, I was planning on going to the auction today over in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Z66, but some things came up and somebody had to go. So I'm staying here and I need inventory. And I don't know if you can really see the inventory here, but it's what I would consider late model. I asked him, have the prices been dropping? He said, yeah, the prices are dropping, which matches the Jared Capitalist repost that Joe posted, Black Book. Uh, what are we at, Joe? Nine weeks of wholesale decline. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And, and Nick actually wrote that story. So I yeah. Tell us more about that, Nick. And I think definitely combination of, of seasonality, uh, what we're in the, the 4th of July time frame is adding to it. But but as you, as you referenced, Black Book has said that it's, it's nine nine weeks in a row where wholesale prices have have softened. Uh, the sales rates have either been steady or, or softening as well. So a lot of a lot of no sales uh, through the lanes that like to, to your point, Ty, like that that lifted wrangler with the mutter tires and everything behind you uh, and yeah. that might be an appealing unit to to someone in tulsa or joplin but uh in a more uh, suburban or urban area perhaps not so much so it, it's just kind of a uh, a crapshoot of, of what's happening in the lanes nowadays and and i think to i'd, I'd be <laughs> i'd be curious to see what your friend would say uh, as far as how he's managing his floor plan that like from the dealer perspective on the financing side with interest rates and and the cost of doing business nowadays that however many units he has on his lot right now whether that's a, a target or whether he maybe is a little little light or or what have you to to manage that that cash flow accordingly so you're not stuck with uh, a Silverado or an F-150 too many <laughs> and and have to have to take a loss if it doesn't turn. Yeah. Well, the um, I know that the, the talking to these, these guys and just because I live here and I, I drive by and I observe, they're actually a little light on inventory on the lot. But that doesn't always mean that there's not more cars <laughs> at the other lot getting ready to come in. Uh, and, you know, what you're saying is right, because 
I just talked to two people within three weeks that told me a pretty interesting story that I think you guys probably have an article on, which is the lenders right now are really having some problems getting their repos dealt with. And the, uh, like I talked to a lady the other day, she said, I, I got a hold of a, a floor plan company. They said, yeah, we'll give you 250 cars. This, this person works for uh, a logistics operation, right? Hal, you guys met Hal. Uh, mm-hmm. Hanson Atkins Logistics. They're talking to some lender people that are saying, I'll give you 250 cars a month. What are they? Well, they're repos off of car dealer lots and just people. Well, as a logistics company, transportation guy, we don't we don't do repossessions. But I guess where I'm where I'm going with this story, guys, is are you seeing re- lenders having trouble getting their stuff dealt with? Is that a real problem or not? I I, I think it's definitely a a, a percolating <laughs> situation. <laughs> uh, again, reflecting back at NIADA, just having some some anecdotal conversations. Uh, there's there's certain uh, banks and finance companies who have kind of turned up the, the fee structure to try to incentivize the, the repo agents to try to go track down those those vehicles that have that are significantly delinquent so so <laughs> been told so uh, it's it's definitely uh, the thankfully at least at this point defaults haven't spiked. Uh, the, the latest reading that, that I saw that Experian and S&P tracks that it actually had, was flat and as of May, because it takes, uh, there's mm. like a 30 to 60 day lag as far as when the, the data is updated. Um, mm. But so that at least the overall reading hasn't shown a, uh, an, uh, a significant rise, but kind of, again, showing the benefits of being in an industry event when you just have some some chatter from from some folks who are at dealerships at, at banks and finance companies that depending on where you are and what part of the credit tier there's there's some deterioration out there and it just is a is a ripple effect the the mm. repo agents their holding facilities are at or, or near capacity uh, and thus the need for for transportation to try to to get those vehicles to the auction lanes to, and if your your friend sees a sees an F one fifty that isn't all torn to pieces, which it was, yeah. I will share this one little personal anecdote. My wife and I, we were taking our two canines to the vet uh, last Friday morning, and there was presumably, uh, I'm fairly confident in saying there was a. Uh, an F-150 with a lift kit and upgraded wheels that it looked like it was, <laughs> it was a repossession because how it was going down the highway did not appear <laughs> as if it was a it was a broken vehicle. It was likely a repossession. So it's it's difficult to read exactly how much of a lift there is industry wide, but it's it's definitely a, an issue that's not going away to use that cliche. Any. And even with those challenges that Nick laid out, um, one of the uh, recent data sets that Black that Alex Ruchenko of BlackBook presented at NIADA was that uh, the auction volume this year that um, there's going to be 2.2. They expect there'll be 2.2 million repo units um, in the wholesale vehicle supply this year, which is up 
two million from last year. So it's still, I mean, even even with all those Whoa. challenges going on, it's still increasing. Wow, it's like a one thousand percent increase or something. I think that's uh, two point two something. Um, Two point two million up from two million. So oh, up from two million. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Um, oh, well, okay. so because we have heard that, uh, yes, lenders are looking at trying to prepare to get all the vehicles moved in a recovery yard possession to the auction, and I've even heard talk of well, if it, if if there's a long line. How do we get to the front of the line? And when you hear that, like that, that is a red flag of we got a we got a squeeze coming, and what are we gonna do? And it's interesting because Nick, you know that we've been talking to Renee Lowe and Brianna Cox about having you know sharing more information on uh, what lenders might want to know about the logistics side to help ease that flow i mean there's so many different directions we can go in conversation and that's just from one article we started talking (laughs) about a hybrid auction and now we're talking about recovery um i want to say this about the hybrid auction is that uh that's what happens if you sit the four of us down at breakfast this is what it looked like hanging out with us at breakfast (laughs) any normal person would be like this is crazy what are you guys doing um uh the hybrid auction, is there something new? Because you actually mentioned during COVID, this became more popular. Mm-hmm. What's new about this article, if there is something in that they hadn't done this before? Can you shed light on that? Because I'm curious. So I think, I mean, the uh, the fact that it is, um, so they have, it says they have a consignment lot, a test track, mm-hmm and vehicle inspection services there. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that it's, um, you know, this is a concept that, that others have tried and done, you know, but I, I think the fact that it's a brand new auction built specifically to do this, is I think it? that's kind of- That's a, what I was actually wondering. If yeah. this is a new location, because yeah. I don't think I've heard of MAG Alaska before. It's Somebody a brand new location. Coin. It's, um, you know the and they have vehicles the you know most of the time you would think when an auction company is going to build a brand new auction it would be for you know it'd be your traditional auction approach or you know maybe when they're if they want to build a if they want to have a hybrid auction they would take one that's existing and kind of scale it down but this right. this was built for the you know sole purpose of having a hybrid auction so i think that's that was the most interesting part to me. Was and it's that. running on eBlock, which is really interesting. Yeah. That is yeah. really interesting. I got a question. Uh, this ties right in. So ACV, one of the articles on the on the site I saw was ACV uh-huh. is getting into commercial. Yes. Right? Yes. And that, so what do you what is explain that for a minute? Because I think it's gonna tie into this McConkie story here in just a second, maybe. So it's it's always it's always been a part of their plan um kind of their roadmap um but now essentially they are opening up you know all of their digital solutions to to any commercial consigner you know who wants it you know including you know, their 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 sales and their inspection business um and then now uh 
you know they've already they've already started working with folks in that space um and they they met when i was talking to, to george shimon the ceo um you know, he, he basically explained that um you know where there is if if a consigner already has you know physical space um for example you know a rental company that might have um you know car sales lots and, and that kind of thing where they they already have the physical infrastructure acb is ready to roll with them right now um but if an auction needs you know space needs some physical or if a cons sorry a consigner needs some physical space to get some of that done um what acb is doing is building out uh re i think they call them uh, remarketing centers yes remarketing centers um and as part of that um the uh acb has purchased a physical auto auction and that was dealers auto auction in oklahoma city um and so the uh that was one of the first you know handfuls of, of locations that the ACV launched as part of this strategy. Um, and they said, you know, they're, they're, some of these, you know, remarketing centers, they're going to have through, you know, acquisition, you know, buying, you know, physical properties or um, Greenfield, where they just start the location and, and rent land without acquiring, you know, a, a physical auction. So, you know, I, I, I don't know you know, anything of the specifics beyond what uh, what George Schmoen told me. But, you know, to your point, Ty, I think could we see, you know, one of these remarketing centers look similar, you know, to what um, MAG Alaska has done, you know, where, you know, they are they're building something, building a site where a dealer can come and uh, inspect vehicles, uh, you know, consigners have a physical um, facility to, to house vehicles, store vehicles, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I think it plays into the notion that there is going to be more of this hybrid approach to selling vehicles where, um, on, on one hand, you have a phys traditionally physical auto auction company like McConkey Auto Group, Auction Group, launching, first of all, partnering with, with an e-block and launching a hybrid sale. And then you have a traditional digital channel, the ACV, that's going and buying a physical mm -hmm. auto auction and, and starting a marketing, physical remarketing centers. Um, and of course, eBlock has been doing this as well. So, isn't that wild? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My hunch is that that will continue and, and you'll see others enter this kind mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, approach to, um, having both a physical and, and digital presence, um, you know, in, in their operations. And Every just, time to, I have, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, just right. to continue right. your, your point, Ty, about the interconnectivity of this whole used car business, your, your friend whose dealership is behind you might have a potential customer who's looking for a, a 2020 F-150 and magnetic gray super crew four-wheel drive and the dealer might have the best opportunity to satisfy that customer because there's uh, a Westlake repo at Z66 uh, auction that might have the best opportunity to make some margin and get it to the customer and it's if it's not all torn to pieces. So that, that shows mm -hmm. that they might, your friend might be sitting in his office with his iPad and see that and thinking of the customer that he's trying to satisfy 
through a repo. That's just a, all all hypothetical, but it shows that the yeah. intercon activity. And this is exactly why having routes and transportation and logistics, we're going yeah. everywhere we can because it's all connected. Yeah, it really is nowadays. Well, and, uh, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say along those lines, that's sort of uh, the theme of our um, the the white paper that we we have just put together. I. Um, we break it up into four sections, uh, retail, wholesale, finance, and collections. Um, Nick Nick does finance and collections. I do repo and wholesale. I mean, retail and wholesale. And uh, the whole kind of theme of this was how each piece is interconnected into the next one. Um, mm. And it really is a connected ecosystem. And especially for, the... for companies ahead. that play in all four of those spaces. Yeah. So one of the things I went, when I was at NIADA, I intentionally would talk to dealers and I would ask, how do you like ACV? How do you like the physical auction? How do you like buying online? And uh, I got a lot of feedback that maybe nobody wants to hear, which was sale fees are too high, buy fees are too high, arbitration's a train wreck, condition reports are a train wreck. I mean, a lot of that pushback. And then I'm like, okay, well, how are you buying cars? Oh, we're put the sandwich sign out front we buy cars and pay top dollar you know that was doug had had uh had how do you say his last name Hadden. 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 that was like doug Haddon's. yeah Doug. <clears throat> yeah so what where i'm going with this is is that i also feel like there's this kind of this undertow of dealers dissatisfaction with all of it right and, and everything we're talking about so what do you mean well there's dealers link there's venq there's buy in the lane there's technology now that they're i mean i'm listening to one of these guys talk about i was paul machine talk about giving the salesperson a check writing privilege i think he calls it check writing something so they're teaching salespeople how to engage with a customer that pulls on the lot to try to buy that car and write them a check right now i mean have you guys heard this stuff yeah i mean it the uh (laughs) The, so I walk into the dealership. Okay, we're gonna buy that car. <laughs> yeah, in our, uh, we're not, we don't care if you're here to buy one. We just want your. Right. Car. We just bought your car. The, and I believe it was at Used Car Week in 2022, and um, and either at Auto Intel Summit this year, or actually last year, that the we had a couple of uh, workshops on basically how dealers uh, can buy cars from the public. And those were, you know, with kind of inside baseball workshops can be at a conference, can be hit or miss. You might have 10 people in a workshop room, you might be expecting 10 and then have 200. Well, that was the yeah. case with these buying cars from the public workshops is that oh, they were, they I were packed. saw that too. Yeah. There were dealers who couldn't get in them. They were, I mean, it was just the, the rooms were overflowing because so many dealers. <laughs> And people and even non-dealers were interested in this capability of, of buying from the public. And and yet, know. and yet, I saw on a news article, uh, somebody was shedding locations and they mentioned buying centers. So things go through a cycle, right? But yeah. the strategy itself is a new strategy, which the hybridization models continue to... Yeah, exponentially accelerate. Well, and I think too, just anecdotally, and I've 
I've talked with, you know, different um, throughout the years, I've talked with different interviews about a lot of um, a lot of the general public doesn't realize you can sell your car to a dealer even if you're not buying one and they will happily buy your car. I mean, you know, they give you they a ride home there. too. <laughs> right. Yeah, they might. These days these days they might give you they might partner with Uber or Lyft and, and get you an yeah. Uber Lyft home. Um yeah. I think people I think you know, Car CarMax has done a great job of their will buy your car strategy and and even Carvana started has they I guess it was last year they started doing those commercials. They did a whole campaign about, um, you know, we'll buy your car. And, and if um, you look at the number of places that will buy your car now, if you're a consumer, and actually uh, Tim Scoutalis from Max Digital, he's making videos about a year, year and a half ago, comparing mm, yeah. all the places you can sell your car and pricing <laughs> and what to look for. And yeah, mm -hmm. the powers of the consumer's hands. Interesting. And I mean, you do for you know a dealer it does make i i guess it based on price points i mean you can it may be more financially advantageous they may find like okay they they can determine that buying it from a consumer is worth x amount of dollars versus you know what what they might pay for it you know in a, in a more competitive marketplace um so and it is actually that and i sat in a buying vehicle center uh seminar with uh workshop with vinq and they show you the numbers mm -hmm. the cost of vehicle acquisition through consumer Whoa. uh you'll save thousands of dollars actually in the final sale in your profit so that's why they are aggressively running through the streets we'll buy your car well yeah and then i mean i mean at each each approach has its advantages and disadvantages and you know having yeah. not not being a dealer and not ever purchased a car wholesale you know i'm only speaking from what i observe but you might have more um you know that a consumer car can be a little bit more of a a one-off thing you know you see a car that comes in or you're kind of I, I imagine there's a lot more selection you know on go, going to a marketplace where you can go look for something specific because they're going to have more cars than probably your absolutely just both them. they both have advantages just like a yeah. nine car hauler versus a wedge trailer you have different advantages of volume and what you're trying to do um so that is really interesting but the the fact that it's on the table as a vehicle acquisition strategy it's just that yeah if you're buying one car at a time from people and you're trying to stock up a, th a hundred cars mm. you're gonna be pretty busy <laughs> But I'll be but I'll be interested to see how this trend plays out uh, a year, two, three from now. Not to not to pour cold water on everything, but can see the grit and the gears being all these folks who paid ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty grand over MSRP for a oh, for man. a brand new vehicle, whatever it is, and then they say, yeah. like, "Oh, I heard you're." You'll buy any car, sandwich board sign, and the dealer brings up the financial status and says, "Oh my gosh, this car is still eighteen five underwater. I don't want that." And yeah. and the trend kind of reverses itself because there's so much negative equity, uh, right, in the pipeline. You end up owing money when you sell your car. 
Exactly. I mean, yeah. I that might be a situation 18, 24, 36 months down the road, and dealers have to deal with Friday, July 7th at 1.40 Eastern time, but I'll be curious to see what happens down the road on, on that front. Well, and you know, I just was thinking this, so just like vehicle acquisition from consumers one car at a time, the repossession movement to auction isn't that much different. You're not moving nine cars from a recovery lot. Right. You're moving mm -hmm. one at a time, two, three at a time at best. Um, and so that that's is good for the wedgie business. Well, it's interesting yeah. you say that. It's some of the problems. This is one of the things we've learned by talking to Brianna Cox is that what we thought, you know, we'd have frustrations. We can't just show up and pick up the car like any other auction or a dealership. No, you need an appointment. Really? Why? Well, because the car isn't accessible. It's parked by the fence. And you know what the problem is? Our lot is full. So you can't just show up whenever. And by the way, even though the lot's full, we don't have somebody on staff 24 hours, like an auction or a dealership or whatever. So uh, the recovery location is a, it's a bit of a perfect storm. Really is. <laughs> yeah, because they, 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 yeah. they truly have to have a secure <laughs> facility because you, you can just do some Google searching and see that truly heinous activities that have happened where some disgruntled people will just go to a repo yard and torch a dozen vehicles just because <laughs> see and angry. i wasn't even thinking about that problem oh yeah mm. i mean so no I, so it's a bit of a dangerous place oh yeah right? no, there's no yeah you, you show up with a tow truck at 3 a.m to to lift somebody's <clears throat> charger that they haven't paid on for 120 days you might encounter Ooh. some irate individuals yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is also why when the drivers chaffed about 15 minutes appointment time this guy's thinking man i just risked my life last night <laughs> oh man interesting times for sure this is, and again this is what it's like to have breakfast with jay <laughs> ty nick and joe <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe that's what we should do next time. We should do it like a Seinfeld episode where we're having lunch oh in a gosh, diner. Yes. That'd be amazing. <laughs> be I love great. it. I'm down. <laughs> well, uh, as all, again, I want to plug Jay's. Let's get everybody to go sign up. And also, we can find you guys on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Please do. Is that where, Thank you. Yeah. Nick Zulovich. Follow Nick. Follow Joe. Bill. We'll, Thank you, Bill Zadite. That's my saying. Yeah, I was, thank you, Bill Zadite. Yes. I love that guy. And uh, But anyway, we want all of our fans, all of our community to go find Joe, go find Nick, LinkedIn, sign up for and Cherokee at, Media Automotive at News. Minim, at minimum. At minimum. That's yeah. what I started to do years ago. And I was my eyes were open to a whole par other part of the ecosystem. And that's yeah. when I realized we got to bring the new because and it's and it's always updating. We didn't even talk about, and we're not going to go into it, but like um, this caught my eye. Uh, and by this, there's a search bar too. So if you can't find an article, you just type in like I typed in ACV, and it took me to the consignment article. Oh, here's a podcast. Um, let's see if it's still up here. Halo Car begins driverless delivery of remote controlled EVs. Yeah. Holy robots. <laughs> what? Hey, hey, whoa. 
I think, I mean, I think it's good for the industry that they're doing that. I think it's, um, I think, you know, if they can, if they can make it safe, if, you know, these autonomous vehicles can be, uh, you know, executed safely without, you know, without accidents, um, that's, that's probably a step in the right direction. Me personally, I, I, I'm not getting in one, but (laughs) well, here's what's interesting. This is on the robotics system. We see videos. Did Ty, you saw the video yesterday I shared on Dispatching Live at the port. I don't know if you want to see this. I sent you that one. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Ty. Ty sends me a lot of great videos. And I mean, the port is run by all these cargo moving robots. Mm -hmm. And it's not run by, but I think it's an inevitability in the short term that you have self-driving self-delivering whether it's cars on robots or the cars do it themselves i just think that's inevitable yeah right i don't know but see the question i have is autonomous ice or is autonomous ev so if who knows the answer to that question (laughs) well my guess is it would probably be evs um just the way things that, are going. I agree that would be with my you. guess too. So now I've That's got a bigger right. problem with the idea because we haven't figured out the EV problem yet. But, I mean, but it helps what? explain why we're pushing EV so hard because that makes a lot of sense. A car isn't going to gas itself up, but it will charge itself. It'll find a charger, find a pad, find a pad, have a pad, right? Park it and on it, the pad. But that is what's weird. Why is it being pushed so hard? Now we go back to climate change. But then we hear, are we really fixing the climate? <laughs> you send me those videos. I, I, oh, I'm, so, I'm so proud. Man. I feel like I can watch anything and I can feel the emotions, but still look at it objectively. Like the Halo.car. Listen, this is a transportation and logistics roots channel, but I'm telling you, I see that. I'm like, that's inevitable. Just mm. like when I heard that the ports would be full of cargo moving robots when I first mm. heard that, I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> well, y'all, y'all are in Missouri. I'll be looking forward yeah. to hearing your your observations <laughs> of when I-70 and I-44 is full of Roombas on wheels. Ooh, <laughs> oh, man. wow. No thanks. 20, I'm going to go 20, 2050. <laughs> okay? Maybe. I That's 27 years, but it will be full <laughs> of Roombas in 2050. Yeah. Shake on well, it. Guys, yeah, it's a deal. <laughs> Breakfast. Breakfast. Loser buys breakfast. (laughs) Loser buys breakfast. I love it. This is good. Now, Joe and Nick, as always, man, we so appreciate you guys. You're just amazing. We uh, borderline idolize you guys. Thank you for what you do. (laughs) That's very sweet. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always good talking with you guys. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Jay. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. Take care. Thanks for having me. See you guys. Have a great weekend. You too. Right. Thank you all. Bye. All right. Thanks so much. All right. So what we'll do is we will uh, we'll end the show here, and as we do, we just land the plane quickly. Uh, it's ATI. It's auto business, and, and there's that article again. Uh, Halo.car begins. <laughs> Halo.car begins driverless delivery of remote controlled EVs. You can read all about it on autoremarketing.com. Uh, I suggest highly go to autoremarketing.com and just start reading. And 
there'll be podcasts. If you subscribe, you'll get the email. And it's in the email that I get a lot of the podcast links, but they can also be found on the site. And so Nick Zulovich, Joe Overby, they were our guests today, and they are ed senior editors and contributors of Auto Remarketing Magazine, which is a part of Cherokee Media Group. And in fact, we didn't even talk about it, but Cherokee Media Group is the host of Used Car Week, one of the largest automotive trade shows that we know of as far as popularity of diversity of all the different verticals in automotive. When I talk about the ecosystem, I'm talking about the different verticals that make up automotive. you got new and used and wholesale and retail and financial. And then obviously in our neck of the woods, you've got equipment and loads and technology, etc. Brokers, carriers, dealers, auctions, and around and around it goes. And so if you want to learn more, go to autoremarketing.com. Thanks for tuning in for today's ATI Auto Business Cars on the Move. And if you missed it live, watch it on demand and learn more about Cherokee Media Group and Auto Remarketing. Uh, Tuesday night is a carrier show, so we will see Charles will be live with us. Douglas will be with us. We're still working on casting, so uh, we'll be working on that through the weekend. And so thank you so much. Please do join us Tuesday night for Carrier Roundtable live on ATI Auto Business. Everybody take care, have a safe weekend, and we'll see you soon. Thanks.